Well, hello there. I beg your pardon and sorry for the mess. Someone spilled the Leviathan blood and left the mini Mako reactor running again. Anyhow, you're listening to MageCast, the ensemble podcast by the well-read mage and a cast of mages. Each episode, I sit down with my rotating panel of magical guests to have some civil discourse about a single game. We're a group of games writers dedicated to clarity, integrity, and depth in long-form critique. You can find us on WordPress at thewellreadmage.com. MageCast is part of the Little Fella Media Podcast Network, now sponsored by top-tier podcast host Buzzsprout. Crowdfunding support makes projects like MageCast possible. If you enjoy our work, written or otherwise, you can become a warrior of light, a patron and supporter at patreon.com forward slash thewellreadmage. Check it out for more information on our vision for the future of games writing and gaming community, as well as exclusive audio bonus content and rewards like membership cards and our secret Discord HQ Mage Chat. Links are in the description. Oh, and now let's start the show. Hey, good evening. This is Mago de Rouge coming at you across the dark ocean waves and airwaves here tonight to celebrate the lyrical, spherical, empirical poets of our time. Welcome to TWRM's MageCast Poetry Hour, a grand slam of syncopated symphony from the dulcet tones of the mages. We're playing all your favorites tonight over the next hour. We've got poetry and parody prepared for you by a selection of artists for your textual healing. Poems spit fast or delivered slow across a dozen or so games based off our 1,000 Games Epic Collab on thewellreadmage.com. So whether you're feeling lonely tonight or warm and toasty inside like me, I'll be here for you for the next 60 minutes and on through the night. Keep those spirits flying high and let your soul drink deep. First up, the skeletal, accessible, and not incomprehensible beat poet, touching down from the celestial heights to good old terra firma. Yes, it's the ABXY mage, A for adept, B for not boring, X for X-ray, and Y, because we gotta feature his piece on Earthbound. Hip cats and squares, the ABXY mage. I sleep. A meteorite crashes. I wake. I explore. I am stopped. I return home. I sleep. A pounding at the door. I wake. The meteorite. The meteorite. The meteorite. Buzz buzz. An alien. A prophecy. A warning. The future. Eight melodies, the soundstone, Ness, Paula, Jeff, Pooh, Gygus. Happy, happy is blue. Happy, happy is blue. Next up we have the Sultan of Scribes himself, with rhyme-defying, time-descrying drive through the lines. This piece is rather unique, 
with its rhyme scheme of a a a a a a a a a a a a a a a a you get the picture here he is from across the pond the purple prose mage and driver Driver, not to be confused with Diver, is a game that is worth more than a fiver. I'm glad that I was one of its buyers. It's a better fix than a glass of cider. It's mystery I've tried to decipher. Of its learning curve, you must be a climber. Sometimes it's as scary as a spider. The cars are beasts that must be tamed like a tiger, their raw power erupting like a geyser. But of payoff, it is ultimately a provider. Of its praise, I am the crier, screeching loudly like a piper. I might even go hand out some flyers. I like the level where you smash diners, though a significant flaw is its forced arbitrary timers, and its mission variety could be wider. Tanner is a better detective than MacGyver, as well as being a bit of a womanizer. For the film, they should cast Liev Schreiber, though the story should have a better writer. My apologies to Martin Edmondson, the designer. Some of its sequels are somewhat drier, as if they've been processed through a ricer, and they don't focus as much on driving either. So, to this game's fans, they were dividers. This first instalment is much nicer. Before I played it, I was a mere hyper, but completing it sent me higher. Just thinking of it makes me hyper. The very thought of playing it makes me an early riser. It's a game with plenty of fibre, laser focused like a sniper, and in this contest it can be a real fighter. If video games were dictators, then this is the Kaiser. It sweeps away the competition like a great ocean liner, and I'm playing it as a lifer. Don't play the iOS port, it's a little lighter, and if you don't like it, you're just a miser. And though in reality I am merely a humble rider, allow me to be your advisor. To recognise its greatness would be wiser. Thunder behind us and thunder ahead. Here we go. Ladies and gents, hope y'all are having a fine time at the Wizard's World. Next up, we have the Thunder Mage reading from the page about his favorite game from back in the day. It's called Metroid, Super. Dig it. <clears throat> Whenever cats talk shop about games that rock, the topic of talk tends to be titles of the modern. Always looking at tomorrow, they forget the past, throwing a sideways glance as I sigh and laugh. So I spit them a tale of 1994, the days of Sonic and Mario, the brutal bit wars, heaping love on a game built to sheer perfection, Super Metroid, an adolescent obsession. Christmas Day, I held the box in my hand, staring at screenshots the size of postal stamps, fantasizing about the space opera to come. Battles to be won in galaxies far flung. Opening scene, dismal yet serene. A sense of atmosphere never felt or seen, except in a dream, not on my TV screen. The less Metroid is in captivity, the galaxy is at peace. Tranquility shattered in that science station Baby Metroid stolen, forced evacuation Escaped to our spaceship with relative ease Following Ridley down to planet Zebes. From there I was a junkie hunting a high Turn it off, time for church, I heard my mother cry Yelled back, in a minute, as I said to myself Fat chance Baby Metroid ain't saving himself Brinstar Meridia, the wrecked ship Every ecosystem found was a brand new trip Lush with detail and personality Got me caught up in the fiction effortlessly. 
Every weapon enhancement was immediate empowerment. The villains I encountered felt the wrath of all my armaments. Come at me, Creed! I screamed to the monstrosity as super missiles pelted him relentlessly. Enemy types of all sizes and sprites entered the fight as I played through the night. Every boss defeated, I flew to Norfair, destroy the evil Ridley who was sure to be there. Victory achieved, but nowhere to be seen was the baby Metroid. Where could he be? Went down to Torian to investigate, where I found hooks of creatures on a barren plain. Hands sweating in my mom's basement, anxious yet patient. To me, this encounter would be the culmination of weeks of saving, escaping, navigating, and elation. To date, nothing ever made will match that anticipation. From out of nowhere attacked the monstrous creature, a giant Metroid with gargantuan features. He sat me of my energy, what could I do? When his grip relaxed and I heard that familiar coo. The creature was the baby Metroid all grown up, but now wasn't the time to get all choked up. Mother brain was the animal behind it all, so I blasted my way through Turing's halls. Until I found the evil brain trapped in the glass and with well-placed shots, kicked its candy. Woo! I sighed with relief, play the credits now, until I heard the ominous sound of rumbling ground. The brain sprang from the floor, towering overhead, and pummeled me until I was almost dead, expecting the gut punch of the final blast, until baby Metroid arrived at last. After draining the brain of every ounce of energy, he transferred it to me, and then unexpectedly protected me from any attack from the enemy, until Samus Aran was on her feet again. But one final shot sent my Metroid friend to his untimely end. Instantly, I was woke to how much my heart broke over the disaster of a 16-bit character forever shaping how I saw the medium, storytelling and emotion instead of point-grabbing tedium. I resumed the attack, dripping with anguish, and in about 30 seconds, the brain was vanquished, but no time to celebrate. Gotta escape as a self-destruct mechanism auto-engaged. With the remnants of Zeeb sprinkled into the distance, viewing my final time and completion percentage, I closed my eyes and recounted my adventure, a gaming experience I'd always remember. So whenever cats talk shop about games that rock and the topic of talk shifts to titles of the modern, I reminisce a bit as I begin to mention Super Metroid Gaming Perfection. Let the arcade mage interrupt your circadian rhythm with this power-packing poetry. Sunlight streams through Dalmatian trees, wind wagging their tails, sending growls towards the intruder to their hitherto undisturbed domain. A boy, huffing like his bike, tricking through the twists and turns, Pete Rose applauding from the back, his shortcut to the end of town, this tunnel through the dogwood trees. The squelch of mud left behind traded for the pavement's squeal, spilled forth from the forest path onto the smooth stone streets, embraced by the rock-clad world, the world of Willow Falls. A world of metal, stone, and glass, light digital circuitry, encased by the dogwood trees that house the municipality. A world of gridlock patterns mazed, prowled by silvered beasts, 
Mustangs, Firebirds, Barracudas, Blue, Broncos, Bobcats, Cobras, Brown, Green Gremlins, too. Patrolling twixt the steel-clad trees that alight the thoroughfare. Body sweating against the heat, amplified by the oil-stained streets. Cold quarters slapping against his thigh as he follows the dotted lines that criss and cross the blacktop paths of those roaring two-ton beasts. Ballcat pulled low against the staring sun and probing fingers of the wind, eyes shining forth from beneath the brim, like two tokens for the fairy ride, and the world on the other side. A world he was welcome to, established 1962, a world of artificial airs illuminated by halogen glare, a world of dragons and maidens fair, a world coming of age, a world of science and technology, a world of pinball wizardry, a world of worlds, a world of exotic lands, a world of Mrs. Pac-Man. Brakes, kickstand, dismount, chain. Greeted with open arms, entrance lit and welcoming, well-worn carpet celebrating that prodigal son's return. The siren song emits forth from the shadowy wood grain sea, calling gamers to her shore with synthesized songs of tantalizing fantasy. The siren that called the boy with lipstick red and skin of gold told a tale, a circuit of reciprocal circular love, escaping the ghosts of her past, of starting a new life together for as long as a quarter lasts. A tale reprised untold times over countless lives across decades and century, in bars and diners and laundromats, arcades, parlors, burger joints, all manner of eateries. The tale connects a million lives all into a commonality. A tidy package, truth be told, all wrapped up in a bright pink bow. Up next is a word from the ancients, channeling a bit of the rage mage and putting the slam in poetry slam. It's the mic dropping, spike hopping, light block bopping blast from the pastor poetry master, the badly backlogged mage. You modern games with soundscapes and graphics out the arse who proudly scream, we're in 4K with online servers fast. You call yourself a franchise because each year you shit out sequels or bow down to the granddaddy that you will never equal. Two players and no buttons, just a joystick each in hand. A paddle on each side of the screen between them no man's land. The players come from all the globe to chase the ball of light. And when they miss it, cheers and screams will echo through the night. It's the one that started everything, the reason we're all here. The one responsible for all that we gamers hold dear. So sing its praises to the skies and sound the holy gong. It's Adam and it's Eve, the original Pong. Ladies and gents, here's the king of caffeine, the duke of dark roasts. The guy who is frequently associated with the consumption of coffee with his lyrical limericks on Persona 3 Portable. There's a game called Persona 3 Portal, a JRPG that's truly remarkable. So for this podcast today, I'll recite limericks and pray that they all don't sound absolutely horrible. 
there once was a robot named Igus, who was forced to make some sacrifices. Death she could not destroy, so she sealed it in a boy and unknowingly instigated a crisis. Igor stroked his long nose in the gloom, while inside of the velvet room, the six cards he fused formed Messiah, and amused, he said, Voila! What a persona you have bloomed! There once was a nut named Takaya, who fancied himself as a messiah. But when Seas foiled his plan, and his cult did disband, he instead ended up a pariah. The avatar of Nyx was unsealed, and demanded that humanity yield. Amidst all of the drama, it droned that the Arcanaut is the means by which all is revealed. Don't burst a blood vessel overthinking through this one, but pace yourself. For one bit entry, you can trace yourself as an exclusive on Patreon. Should you want a little more background on the art form of Shadow of the Colossus and the idea of a maximally great work of art. Meanwhile, here's the sometimes vaguely philosophical mage and his apology for laying leviathans low. A poem about Shadow of the Colossus by Chris. It should come as no shock that I have an affinity for storytelling media employing interactivity. The tale told by this colossal composition is one possible only through the lens of a game. No other source of story would do so well at the mission of casting a shadow of sadness and shame. We take for granted conventions of murderous, violent intentions, and the push, defeat foes or never progress, to forge deadly inventions. Here though, we take the role of one who kills for a dubious quest, but we don't realise it until the whole of the picture assembles and the story can be assessed. Great leviathans live in a peaceful world and do no harm to any beast or man. We just roll up and kill, we aren't even that skilled. We just end their lives, perhaps in service of greater purpose? Or perhaps just because we can. So spoilers, the ending is, the player's killing intentions, once perfected, and the darkness in the game world are connected. And it seems a shame, but shouldn't be entirely unexpected. Not crass, it's Cass. The mail-ordered ninja mage makes a fast pass with class on this poetry podcast. Peek those eardrums for the breath of the mild and the wild child. Hello. My name is Daniel Flatt, and I'm the founder and main writer of Home Button, but I'm known better around these parts as the Mail Order Ninja Mage. When Red asked if anyone wanted to write a poem about one of a thousand amazing games that everyone must play, I of course leapt at the chance. There was never a question that game would be my favorite game of all time, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Within the game, one of my favorite characters is Cass, a bard who shares the history of the world through songs passed down from his mentor. I wrote this song in his verse and stance, trying to mimic him as much as possible. This is from his viewpoint atop a high vantage point as Link rides to his final battle to face down Calamity Ganon. I can't play the accordion like Cass does, but that doesn't mean I can't endeavor to add a dramatic flourish to my reading. Enjoy. While winds sweep through grass of verdant green, sun glints off rivers and dances on lakes serene. Kingdoms have fallen and our people have scattered, and nature reclaims those things that were battered. Across the land of Hyrule, evil awakens and looms, 
rising anew to wreak havoc on every blood moon. The princess in wisdom long since sealed her foe, with bloodline's power she claimed long ago. The hero that slept long beneath the land now awake, he frees long sacrificed champions their power to take. Their kinship survives ravages of death and of time, champions, divine beasts, and hero strength now combine. The hero gathers all his courage in this final hour to challenge the calamity's awesome power. Sword held aloft, he rides forth on his steed with a resolve made of steel to see Zelda freed. With his princess, he shall once again prove Ganon the Fool, restoring hope, freedom, and peace to the land of Hyrule. Next, we've got the New Age Retro Mage leaping from page to poet, putting plot to rhyme with his listicle list style plan through the robot masters of Mega Man. 2. Everyone has their favorite way of beating the robot masters. First, I beat Metal Man to get Metal Blade. Then, Woodman and Bow Man using the blade. Next is Air Man who falls to Leaf Shield. Crash Man goes down in three shots of Air Shooter. Then you cool Heat Man down using Bubble Lead. Flash Man goes down easy to Metal Blade. And finally you stop Quick Man in his tracks with Time Stopper. Then Crash Bomber for the rest. And that is how I take down the Robot Masters. Slipping from the stream is this mean lean ramming machine. Take it away, Jay. Hey all, this is John Tortomasi, the Slipstream Mage from the WellRedMage.com. I'm repping my favorite game on the 1,000 Games to Play Spectacular. That would be Titanfall 2, in Poetry Slam style. If you haven't played this 2016 gem of a first-person shooter, you are missing out on a brilliant campaign. Varied and balanced multiplayer modes, and most importantly, driving giant robots. So here we go. Drop on in, pick your spot. No fire zone, ever too hot. Pilot below, now just a has-been. Prepare for Titanfall, can't find a shot. Cloak and wall run, pick your spot. Grapple in, rock and fire, fastball. Clunk goes the hood. What's that sound? Electric smoke, fence all around. Snap, crackle, sizzle. Illicit rider, now firewood. Too close for comfort. Steel fists, coat with blood. Pulverize that flash flood. Infantry bold must thwart. Behind the tower, your ride is finished. Long range shot. Damn it all, it's time to get out. Find that fiend, do scour. Catch the vision with the valiant vision mage and his blade of Zeno. I am the valiant vision mage, and this is my limerick based on Shulk of Xenoblade Chronicles for Wii. Shulk knew the end might be today, but there was something he just had to say. He voiced to his enemy, You, sir, I fight for the future. Shulk took out his sword and said, Monado, show me the way. The impresario of impressions listen to the regional exclusive mage. Really sell it to you, compadres. Hello, regional exclusive mage here, and I've opted to write a few verses about Resident Evil 4. Not only was this a top quality game in its own right, it also included one of my favourite characters in a series that already has such a memorable cast. As unforgettable dialogue goes, this guy is the chill sandwich of RE4 quotes. So, 
without further ado, I give you The Merchant's Poem. Welcome, stranger. What are you buying? Have you got the cash to spare? Rest yourself and browse a while inside my cloak at all my wares. Got some good things on sale, stranger. I think you'll find them very nice. But if you're not completely satisfied, I'll buy it at a high price. It's not just about shooting, it's about reloading. You know what I'm talking about. My ammo will penetrate just about anything. Of this, I have no doubt. <laughs> stranger, stranger, now that's a weapon. Perfect for slaying the zombie folk, or tiny men in funny hats, or that invincible chainsaw-wielding bloke. <laughs> Is that all, stranger? <laughs> thank you. But let me leave you one final rhyme. If you find your residence filled with evil, feel free to come back any time. Next is the Bizarro Mage, who surprised even himself, evidently, with his foray into the story of Persona 3. There was a strange cat called Morgana, whom some teams rescued from the slammer. They robbed villains of their pleasures by stealing their treasures in Tokyo, causing all sorts of a clamor. From a pervy old teacher and a thief of art features, making them repent was their game. They reprogrammed a mob boss, made him as soft as Bob Ross, and improving the world was their aim. They got really well loved, though they were masked and gloved. They were really incredibly cool. But these heroes were quite sad. They'd really been had, because they still had to show up to school. There you go. Did it. There you go. Look at that. I'm a poet now. Whee! Poetry! I'm trying to press the stop button, but I can't reach. There we go. From the handheld monochrome of a bygone age comes the one-winged mage bursting from a cage to lay down a quaking, shaking take on Link's Awakening. Hello everyone, I am the one-winged mage, and the game that I chose is Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. It was my very first Zelda game, and possibly my favorite game of all time. Between the story, characters, gameplay, the music, dungeon, I just seemingly never get tired of replaying this game over and over. It's just that good. So without further ado, here is my poem. I wake up in an island with a jolt, after being struck by a lightning bolt. Bow Wow greets me with a growl, then I encounter a guiding owl. He tells me of the instrument's eight, that I must collate with haste. Across the island I will travel dungeon secrets I must unravel. Although this island I may forsaken, the windfish I must awaken. Thank you. You're just in time to steal your hearts for this sad and serene serenade from the magistrate of minutes the Tsar of Seconds, and the Inheritor of the Hours, the Teal Time Mage, and Sweet Sawiko Den 3. Hello everyone, this is Eros Elric, also known as the Teal Time Mage, and I'm giving my poem for thewellreadmage.com. My game presented is Sukoden 3 for the PS2, and the name of the poem is The Star's Bittersweet Serenade. 
there lies a certain majesty in 108. The stars shine bright and bold towards twilight's heavenly gate. So too the same holds true for the horrors of war, with ancient runes and clanging blades within the core. Where tyranny, tragedy, and treason stalk the land, heroes will answer fate's sweet and somber brand. The noble, the youth, and the wanderer dower, all have gathered at the red harrowing hour. The youth seeks his vengeance for fallen friend, uniting his clan at the journey's end. The noble, a lady knight fair and true, seeks answers from a past's hidden clue. The wanderer dower watches time through tired eye, a promise given from a comrade's one mortal sigh. The masked shadow casts its net far and wide, a lone phantom stands firm from yonder tide. Righteous fury turned to fire, waiting on its one true sire. As the castle ruins form rebirth, the stars tether upon the earth. Balance weighs on revolution, peace maintains an absolution. The runes of truth enter the swirling storm, as the villains bear death long and worn. One soul finally finds his rest, as life's wallow failed his test. Let love give way from death and sorrow to answer dawn's new gilded morrow. Up from the hallowed hollows she follows as the moon wallows and darkness swallows, but the blue moon mage and the hollow knight shine on. Hello everyone, this is the Blue Moon Mage, but most of you know me as Blue Williams. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at @writersview, And I gotta start with an apology because my voice is still kind of scratchy. I've been having a extended bout with bronchitis for the last month or so, so. But I'm here to read you a poem, and the game that I chose was Hollow Knight. So if you know me at all, you know that I freaking love Hollow Knight. It is one of the best games ever made, in my opinion, and I think that if you haven't tried it, you really, really need to. It's a Metroidvania platformer that first came out for PC, and then it was ported to all the consoles last year. So whatever you play on, you can play it. It is set in the Bug Kingdom of Hollow Nest, and... Because the story in the game is pretty vague, I thought that for my poem that I would explain some of the backstory that takes you to where the game starts. This information is earned in the game as you go along. Um, so you could make the argument that what I'm about to say is fairly spoilery, but I'm keeping it super vague and shouldn't really ruin any of the big reveals. But if you're concerned you can go ahead and skip this and um, I will catch you later but without further ado here is my poem loosely structured as a ballad about the backstory of the game Hollow Knight in the time before a great light did rule surely this radiance was the divine but another came a new light yet not the same all the bugs once slept but the Pale King woke their minds. 
The devoted forsook their radiance. Instead, they followed the pale king on high to a kingdom new. And so hollow nest, it grew. Alone, the radiance slept. But no, that's a lie. The radiance did creep into their dreams. She poisoned their hearts and souls to the core. This infection spread, filling hollow nest with dread. One by one, the bugs slept. They were themselves no more. The Pale King made a vessel, void and pure, and caged the bright radiance inside. With her hidden away, the infection waylaid. While the vessel slept, she softly sang to its pride. Infection returned, and the king saw the vessel was void but not truly pure. Hollow Nest was overrun and his rule undone. The king did not sleep. He fled, no more a savior. Now Hollow Nest is in ruin, all will die. Wait, here comes a knight, wielding mask and nail. Infection he will stop, the pale king he will top. The knight does not sleep, for he knows he must not fail. Well, we're just about at the end of our time together, friends, and I hope you've enjoyed the rhyme and the ride through the high and the snide. It's been an unforgettable journey, but color me pink, I forgot there's one last piece to play in time. I dedicate the parade of this parody to Chrono Trigger, my 16-bit beloved, a poem entitled Time Peace.
Well, all right, all right. Oh, shoot. This was supposed to go on for an hour? Uh, oh, <laughs> okay. Well, I guess there's nothing left to do but read some crazy fan theory on a wiki page explaining how Sonic had electric fur. Hold on, hold on. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Magecast as much as I did. If so, please follow, subscribe, share, and leave us a review to help us reach a wider audience. If you enjoy our work, please consider supporting us and our vision for the future of gaming conversations through patreon.com forward slash thewellreadmage. Special thanks to my magely colleague Brent Mead for sound editing. The Magecast theme song, Post Atmosphere, was composed by fellow mage Russell Gordon and can be found on his YouTube and SoundCloud. This episode may be over, but the legend will live on. Passed down by the dwarves, the elves, and the dragons. My name is Katie Cakes, and I am the host of Cake Bites, a podcast adventure through gaming history. I am just inviting you to come along with me on that journey while I interview people who have worked in and around the industry for the last 30 plus years to learn about their experiences and their perspectives to learn more about an industry that is continuously evolving. I hope you guys will join me every two weeks when I release a new episode of the show on all major podcasting platforms. You can learn more about the show at kickbites.com. <laughs>